Hello and welcome to this Reach podcast mini-series in honour of Black History Month. We'll be doing a three-part series focused on Black Joy and we'll talk more about what that is. But first, let me introduce today's participants. Oh, hi guys. My name is Shayla. Um, I work on the service desk in the IT team. Hi again, guys. My name is Wumi and I'm a project administrator in the public affairs team. Hey again, guys. It's Ria and I am a research exec in the media and development team. And as you heard on the first podcast, I am Decca on the semiotics team, a semiotics consultant in the advisory. She's our leader for today, guys. <laughs> <laughs> so... Today we'll be talking about Black Joy at work and first we'll go over to Shayla who will give us her perspective on it. Um, For me this is my first job and so it was very interesting you know going into a corporate job for the first time and it was um, very interesting it's like trying to um, figure out how do I conduct myself like what clothes do I wear how can I wear my hair because I'm going from secondary school um, and college where I can pretty much express myself however I want mm. I pretty much wore an afro almost every single day love to see mm. it. on secondary school and I loved that and it it, it was fine and because I kind of went to a school where there was you know lots of other black kids there was there was freedom for me to have that to embrace certain parts of my culture so it was like coming here like oh wait do I need to have my hair straightened like what I kind of do and so for a very long while it was very um it was kind of tricky um finding like a balance between professionalism and being able to express myself and mm. even even down to I started locking my hair and it's I like I do too snap. yes <laughs> <Maria> speaking <laughs> but it's like <laughs> I I love it and there's just that stage you know obviously when it's like starting out it's like slightly messy it's like is this is that a lot yeah. yeah. I still swear in the office but I think I'm finally getting to a point where like I'm okay to like embrace it and like that's who I am mm. like and if it's like if that's making you uncomfortable it's like why why does hair growing out of my hair and it's head in its natural state why does that make you why uncomfortable? does my existence make, make you, you uncomfortable exactly. it's not my fault that you like to stare <laughs> exactly. can i just add to that actually it's like when i like because i started growing my locks as well like during the pandemic and stuff and like around about a time when i had an interview here mm. um and yeah it was like in that weird kind of phase it was short like and um i i was so nervous to have my first interview i was like oh do i put on a wig i don't know whether to like this is my first time speaking to, to, to them so like, i don't know how to like present myself as the first time but mm. present myself for the first time who I was and who I felt comfortable as was so empowering to me because I could just continue doing that as I started to go to work because this is how you see me and I got the job through how you see me do you, yeah. do you know what I mean yeah so that was that was really nice I think it's important to present yourself especially at work how you want to be seen mm. and how yeah, yeah. You, you you want to be um, perceived. addressed perceived thank you very yeah. much mm-hmm. for that um for me I'm a, this, I, I love a good bust down 30 inch straight yes. <laughs> but also there's some times where I'm on teams meeting and I've got my hair up in a puff and look you can address me you can perceive me either way like just you know just perceive me well that's it that's exactly it. and I think we also need to um, note that there's currently a disparity between how black people and how other people feel comfortable to show up at work yeah that's true though. so we did an Ipsos survey of workers Mm-hmm. in the UK from May-ish this year. And it actually found, interestingly enough, that 61% of black workers feel like they can be themselves at work without fear of bullying, harassment or other consequences. But get this, 73% of white workers felt That's... that they could 
be like that as well. And mm. that is such a huge gap. That's, huge that's like a good 12%. So it, it just makes you wonder like, is it really that uncomfortable to like, you know, come to work and then just feel like you have to withhold like bits of yourself that you'd show outside yeah. just because you're in a professional environment. Obviously you expect to be, um, to work and, you know, to be, to, to behave in a, in a professional manner. But why is it that we feel like when we're not going to get the same amount of respect as, you know, other people, other races, just because, of the way we're going to be perceived. And there's also that fear of microaggressions, isn't there, Ria? Yeah, 100%. Um, so there's also like um, another statistic that we found where um, one in four black workers have experienced being called angry or intimidating at work compared to just 6% of white workers um, versus, 30, versus 15% of other ethnic minorities and 6% of white colleagues. I'm actually gonna have to so at one point when not in this role actually in one of my previous roles i did actually get called intimidating and i was like i'm a very straightforward person normally mm. so to be called intimidating i it genuinely made me question myself and it made me question my personality am i intimidated do i come across as aggressive and i'm like you start to overthink exactly mm. you start to overthinking you, you just think it to yourself and then you start wanting to like draw back and you want to start you know like making yourself smaller making yourself seem unassuming and it's just it's ridiculous and smiling more than you need to sometimes can we talk about as well like assertiveness like i feel like you need to have a level of assertiveness when you're like you know you're working in a, in a company so i think for me like sometimes i felt a bit like timid at times and i felt like i had to be a certain way to not fall into these narratives or to feel like you know like this angry like yeah but it's like why do these narratives still exist yeah especially within the workplace Mm -hmm. that's that's the problem i have with it like why is it that because i've come to you and i've asked you to do something and maybe i've asked you to do it more than once it's come across as me being assertive or intimidating and i think that's why it's so important for ourselves as well to take a bit of accountability to show up how like you said we want to be perceived Mm -hmm. and then whatever the fallout may be of that eventually we'll have to kind of um own it th- yeah. that that's exactly it own it without shame that okay yeah this is this is me this is the person you hired and so that brings us on to the next part that we can discuss and um, why should the concept of black joy matter to employers colleagues and businesses ah let's be real it's because <laughs> when we're at our best everyone benefits yeah mm. like let's be real when when you're happy people around you are happy when you're upset people around you they will also be kind of subdued. We have to remember that when we're not trying to um, suppress our true self, not only is it better for us, it's also better for the people that are around us and the environment that we are in because that's when we can truly do our best work. I'm very lucky that in Ipsos, I'm a very confident person and I'm I'm definitely a very friendly person. And my team, you know, accepts me as I am and they accept the fact that, you know, I'm a chatty person and I love to make friends. And because of that, it makes me want to go the extra mile. It makes me want mm. to do more than what my role is. And my entire team benefits from that. So happy person, happy team. That is a brilliant yeah, answer. Shayla, nice. what about you? Um, I definitely agree. It's like if you have that support and you have that freedom and flexibility to be who you are, you don't feel um, restricted. You don't feel confined. Like, okay, am I fitting into the box that they've set out for me? Um, you, you, you feel pushed to go further on that extra mile. And it's, it's very much like um, 
not like feeling uncomfortable um, doing certain things. I know there's been instances like maybe people don't intend it and they don't realize that they're doing it. Um, but it's just like if you have that that support and you're you're not feeling uncomfortable, you can be yourself. Yeah. It's like and it's little things. It's not it's not major things, but it's like those little things that make just that that much more of a distinction. Like you said, like okay, am I able to be assertive? And I know me personally, I'm not. I'm not a very assertive person, like in my personal life okay, or at work. For you. Yeah, and so it's like having to like find that balance. Like, how do I now um, go into that box of being assertive? Because it's like in a in a professional environment, you have to you have to be able to be assertive. But it's now like kind of like, okay, how assertive can I be without being an angry person? How assertive can I be without being bossy? How assertive can I be without being perceived as someone who's overbearing and it's just like find that balance and it's like if you're able to be comfortable and do that you'll progress a lot faster and it's like there could be opportunities for like promotion but it's like okay hold on if i be assertive about this now they'll be like no she's not the person for that role no we don't want her so it's like you have that comfortability you know you're you're gonna you're gonna be more productive for them it's it, it works in their best interest we're happy we, we do great things like look at we look do. at look at music look at food culture we sorry well we did we did yeah. where did that come from so it's like when we when we're in a in a positive environment we can do amazing things i'm, I'm gonna have to agree with shayla on that one i think there's i'm sure everyone's heard is closed mouths don't get fed mm-hmm. so if you don't actually ask and take up that space you know and say okay yeah this is me and this is what i want to achieve absolutely and not feel like oh you know just because i want to achieve this like it's not like is it only you basically and i think that touches i think that touches on an intersection as well it's not just to do with blackness it's being a woman as well yeah and you really have to be super intentional as a woman to be taken off taken up space yeah so is there's there's always that element in the back of your head where you're questioning is it only you that wants to progress is it only you that wants to be promoted is it only you that wants to do the best no but i'm not looking at anybody else's race <laughs> i'm looking at mine i'm looking at my journey i'm not looking at your journey so for me it's very it's very much you know don't suppress yourself and know that being happy in the in the space that you're in 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 the workplace that you're in it helps you to feel more valued yeah i agree um <laughs> and i think that <laughs> I guess more black people are like are not tolerating poor treatment now. I think they're looking around at other companies, employers, and they're having um they're realizing that they can control like being able to have a positive experience. Like they're mm. they're demanding it in a way, you know, if they're not having that in the company they're in, then I'm sure they'll go somewhere else. And like I can definitely um account for the fact that here like it's also definitely feel like that positive experience, like with like like my line managers and like, you know, the people around me, my team, like I think it's good to have that ability to feel like it's a two-way a two-way street yeah not just up to up to you like um so yeah as you guys all touched on having that environment where you feel comfortable to be yourself um allows you to be your best self at the end of the day and to grow and yeah yeah I think I think that was a big worry for me coming from the freelance world and coming in to now have to answer to a line manager i was quite fearful of what what will that but i think i think i got quite lucky i don't know if you guys have met monique but monique is genuinely i am so lucky to oh, be i've worked with her monique the she, yes. yes she's such a she, lovely person. we are so oh. cool in the <laughs> semi team please, <laughs> but no genuinely like as a woman who is willing to take up that space 
who understands her worth and where her knowledge fits and where it doesn't. She is, she's been genuinely so great to work with and so great as a line manager that I, I, I couldn't even fault it. And that was a genuine worry that I had moving from a freelance position into a company. And I think for me, it's also understanding that joy is universal. And when we're talking about empl employers, um, when we're talking on the, on the note of joy, why, why should our employers care? Joy is universal. Before we kind of add that necessary ad hoc of black joy, it's a universal experience for everybody. And though these tenets may not necessarily resonate with you, our listeners, the concept of joy definitely will. And you've now learned why it might be more difficult to express for some of your colleagues here at Ipsos. This segment is to aid you not only in supporting your black colleagues, but also yourself and everyone else. Joy is so important and universal and creates better outcomes in the work we ultimately produce. Good work cultures are efficient work cultures. I have a question, Decker. Go on. So what would you constitute, for, like, I, I think it's for the whole panel to be fair, what would you constitute as a good work culture for you? Like, personally speaking, when I think of a good work culture, I think of a space where I'm allowed to work at my own pace mm -hmm. and people understanding that maybe I work in a different way to them and also that understanding that, you know, I don't, we're very lucky that in Ipsos, we're allowed to jump from project to project. It doesn't have to necessarily be in your team. If you're interested in it, you're allowed to go work yeah. on it. That's that for me, that's what good work culture is. It's understanding, it's compassion and it's respect. I think, I think for me, the biggest tenet is understanding that I was hired for a reason. Mm. I bring something to the table. And like I was saying in, in, in my role, I'm not micromanaged. I'm very much trusted to this is what needs to be done get it done. And I'll be very frank that there's sometimes I have children where I might be having something to do. I need to go pick up my children. I'll put in that hour somewhere at 9 p.m. Nobody's gonna ask me when to do it or what to do. As long as my work is done, that's what's important. I think that's also kind of agency culture. We have like, we have deadlines to our clients. And as long as those deadlines are met and, and those deliverables are, are made, I think I don't, see a need for why anyone should be micromanaged. When I have questions and when I need support, I go to Mo and she's there to to, to support me through it. Yeah, that, that's that's really what it boils down to for me. Yeah, shout out to Danielle as well because she does that for me. She's my line manager. She's very much, I'm not going to hold your hand on this. If you need help, come and ask me. If you have questions, come and ask me. But genuinely speaking, just do your thing and enjoy your work. And lastly, a big question, are people intimidated by Black Joy? But I will go to you. <laughs> you know they are, please. They're so used to trauma being our narrative. They are. Sorry. Go ahead, no, 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 do no, it's true. They are, they, they used to put us in this box, I guess. You know what I mean? Like this, I think people are usually intimidated by things that they don't understand or don't do themselves. So for example, I think people may think, oh, we're so loud and bold with our Black Joy and like, and expressing that, but, it's because, um, I don't know, it's empowering to us. And like, if we don't express black joy ourselves, then who else will? Like, do you know what I mean? So, um, but yeah, I think people can sometimes be, want us to kind of be confined to the constraints that they put us in, in that that's in their minds. And I think that's obviously driven by like trauma and negative perce perceptions of, of like the black experience. And the black experience isn't just trauma. The black experience isn't just driven by that or so much more. Um, and we aim to to show that through Black Joy, which this podcast is about. So, yeah. A word. <laughs> a word. Spoken. Spoken. Also, like um, like coming from like a, 
are like a religious background it's like you're you're loud in that praise you're loud mm. in, in every, everything we do is 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 loud and i just think you, you know dancing for god singing for god those are things that are like a normal like he was brought up with those things and like to have to like turn around and turn that down for other people because they don't it's not normal to them they don't understand it they it's not comfortable to them we shouldn't have to do that and i just think being able to you know have that joy and be your natural self not having to put on a facade absolutely mm. it, it it takes away so much stress it takes away a burden of having to pretend like you're something else no this is who i am yes i'm a black person yes i'm a woman but i'm happy i'm proud i'm successful i'm i'm progressing and i don't i don't have to pretend to be like you to be happy exactly. that's even in the clothes that i wear or like like wearing a headscarf or things Is, like that like yes <laughs> um we're wearing yeah. colorful clothes exactly like bright, colorful clothes. 100 yes. not gonna lie nigerian independence day is coming up and <laughs> yes. i fully intend to wear ankara to Let's the office i have so much that i brought back from nigeria it needs to be worn at some point i might as well wear it to work yeah please that's just another thing that i love is like the fact like you know meet you girls and things like that being able to see one another and mm. like see you express yourself in that way is mm. just empowering to me to want to do the same mm. do you know what i mean so yeah. and that's the thing we come from entirely different cultures but yeah. seeing you in your cultural yes. clothes inspires me to den- then pick up my cultural clothes yeah. you know the beauty of it is 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 the fact that when you do do things like that within the workplace it creates like an opening for people to come and ask you Great more acceptance. about your culture yeah. mm-hmm. and honestly that for me there's joy in that as well that people are open to learning more about my culture i i actually had one of my friends jess and i explained the whole concept of a nigerian traditional wedding to her and it was amazing oh. first of all black wedding <laughs> <laughs> that's it that's the sentence literally <laughs> and that's a wrap for this mini series. And as we close out this podcast and this mini series, it would be good to share some resources for our listeners to learn more about Black Joy. Do you guys have any in mind? So I wanted to highlight this TED talk by Dr. Engram. Um, it's about the life of Black millennials and about showcasing the pain, the joy, and the triumph of resistance. It actually covers the intersection of resistance and activism really well and you can actually find it on youtube it is such a great talk and one of my favorite talks if i'm honest and there's also a article by shante joseph um and she wrote for vogue on the history of black joy to highlight the importance of joy as a form of activism we will add those links for you guys to be able to access and anyone else stormzy mel made me do it i'm sorry (laughs) that was a cultural reset can we just talk about the people that were in that video absolutely amazing and um, it was like he collected all of Black British excellence in like yeah. one 10 minute can segment. We, can we talk about the fact that Can we talk about the fact that he got Michaela Cole to go back to her <laughs> spoken word origin? I Red was Street like, 2 actually wrote it, um, yeah. apparently. No yeah. way! Yeah, he wrote the lyrics. Behind. That was, but it was, it yeah. was banging. Even that collaboration. Oh, I watched that video like several times. And just to touch on some more resources, there's Black Joy, which has essays from a plethora of Black British talent and also Loving Colour by Bolu Babalola. And also Morgan Harper Nichols, who is an artist who also has autism. And uh, she uh, posts daily reminders to make room for rest and peace and prioritising mental health. Please do check her out, guys. Oh, I also have one more. Mm-hmm. Yuwande Bayala came out with a book and it's basically a collection of stories and essays and thought pieces by prominent black um celebrities i can't remember the name but i will find it it's amazing it was good and on the love and color bolu is amazing on twitter everyone should follow her she is a cultural critic 
everybody go follow Melissa's wardrobe because quite frankly that woman is the epitome of <laughs> I have been following her oh, yes. that woman she's amazing in her space and even outside of her space she's still amazing mm. thank you so much and to finish up we just want to say freedom is a key theme that continues to arise and the freedom to be ourselves unashamedly and that's what black joy really is about thank you and stay joyful Thank you.